You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the day with Trey Grand Rising to all of you. I am your host, Trey Holiday, and I'm so excited. We have a magical Monday for you guys today. Uh, I can't wait to dive into discussion with Alex McAleer from Champions of Magic. Their show is going to be right here at the Moore Theater coming up this week. So I get to talk to Alex about all the magical things that the audience can expect from this show. So shout out to him for being with us today. And you know, we got a lot of updates, so we got to get right into it, y'all. But it's the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Of course, if you can't watch us, we also got you covered there where you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me there. Uh, Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. I mean, you name it. Probably a bunch more platforms. I have no idea what all of them are because there's like 200 plus platforms. But make sure that you guys look up, uh, look us up there. You know, we're there. We want to make sure that those who can't watch can also listen. Shout out to everybody who's out there in the podcast. We're listening all over the world. We appreciate you uh, for tuning in to what we have to offer here on the day with Trey. Uh, but you, you guys, I mean, there's so many things going on this week. And so I want to dive into something I've been personally working on. Uh, and I'm so excited in terms of my advocacy advocacy for the creative economy here. Y'all know I've been all over the grounds trying to make sure that we can build it up. And the William Gross Center is opening today. It's really exciting. They have a, a day today where they will be opening it up uh, about their business kind of pipeline that they have going on. It's a real extension from what Black Dot has been doing with Mastermind Mondays and their business connection. So tonight you guys can check that out. But all through the week, there's some amazing events that are going on because there's specific pipelines at William Gross Center. We got business and innovation, but we also got STEM. That's right. Uh, on Wednesday, anybody who's interested in the STEM world can go there, check out what they're going to be doing, some amazing things in AR, VR, and digital realities, and all kind of things that they're doing with coding. I mean, we're really utilizing these opportunities to connect young folks to the pipelines that are here in terms of our economics. We know that we have a huge tech industry here in Washington State and particularly in Seattle. But this right here, that day on Wednesday is for all of those who are looking to connect with that. And you just saw it there. Curtis put it up there on the screen. There it is. Creative Economy Day. That's the day I've been working on and the connections I've been working with. Shout out to all as well because they are one of the first commercial production agencies that partnered with the William Gross Center to create an intensive 12-week internship for those who are looking to get their skills all the way up so that they can in 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 
introduce themselves to the creative fields right here. And though we may not be producing a lot of films, we definitely produce a lot of commercials. So I want to send a huge shout out to Obsidian also uh, Productions because Winfield Ezell and my guy, James, they've both been on it. So I just want to thank you both um, for all the work that you guys have been doing with me on this Creative Pipeline Day. Um, that's going to be on Thursday. So again, if you guys are looking forward to some of these events, you guys can definitely look check it out on Eventbrite. Just type in William Gross Center and you guys can register for any one of these events. And then Friday is the big community celebration. It's going to be the ribbon cutting day uh, for on Friday. For anybody who has driven past uh, the former Fire Station 6, which is now uh, home to the William Gross Center for Cultural Innovation, you will see that there is a new sign out front showcasing William Gross's amazing face, but also this is the legacy of someone who came here to the Seattle area as a black man and really started uh, building up entrepreneurship. He was a hotelier, so many different things that he had in terms of, you know, businesses and enterprise. And this space is really saying, we're paying homage to that legacy, but we're also making sure that we are creating direct pipelines into industries that we know exist here and giving folks the opportunity to build up their skill sets so they can really participate in these livable wage income industries we have here throughout Seattle. Um, and, and really it's throughout Washington, but we know Seattle is such a hub of that. So I just want to thank everybody who's been involved. There's been so much work put into this uh, for many years. Shout out to Africatown Community Land Trust because they were fighting for this property uh, for a very long time, about four to five years before they actually got the keys, um, you know, and now we're ready to open up this space. This is phase one of this development. And so for all of those out there that are like, man, I'm interested or, hey, I work at a tech company. I need to figure out how to connect and plug in or I work at a commercial production agency or a professional studio I need to see how to plug in. Please do that because, again, this is an opportunity to build real partnership and strong connections with relationships to give young folks and others the opportunity to really build their skills up and connect to major industries. So I'm so excited for all the work that's going on. That's all throughout the week, y'all. So make sure you check it out on Eventbrite. And then coming up, we're going to be talking about this throughout the week as well. Walk the Block is hitting the streets, you guys. Walk the Block is an art festival and fundraisers happening on September 17th from 2 to 6 p.m. The main goal is for Wanawari to raise $100,000 so they can celebrate uh, all of the work that they do. And, you know, they've already paid for the event. And so they want to let you guys know that they have, uh, you know, amazing programs that these funds will go towards. Some of those programs are their homeowner organizing uh, for arts-based solutions to displacement. They also have free of cost community meals prepared by black and indigenous chefs. They have the Seattle Black Spatial Histories Institute and their artists in residence program, um, as well as black artists arts and cultural programming. A lot of this stuff is like free to the public. So, you know, they're saying, look, come join us in the art walk, you know, the walk the block. They have created this amazing event. And they're also saying, look, you have the opportunity to invest in our programming here so that we can continue doing what they do best. Shout out to the team over at Wanawari. They will be joining me this week. So we'll be diving into all the things that you can expect for walk the block. I will also be there. Uh, 
uh, emceeing and hosting. I'm so excited that they have partnered with me in that regard. So trust me, y'all, lots to dive into this week. But also, we got to continue with some stories that we have been carrying here. This is about the strike at Seattle Public Schools. And of course, our guy, Omari Salisbury, was on the streets this past weekend at the CD Panthers games to ask some of the parents how they feel about this strike. What are your thoughts on the strike? Um, it was convenient that it started a couple days before the start of the school year. And now parents are scrambling to find some place for their kids to go for the duration of the school day. You know, we thought that we would be, we would have our kids able to go somewhere, you know, for six hours out the day. And now that plans change. And it was like, this is real last minute. So it kind of messed up a lot of people's, uh, a lot of people's uh, way of going about their day-to-day life. What do you think about the, the actual reasoning why they're going on strikes? They said they need more funding for multilingual learners, special education programs uh, that benefit black and brown children. And also they said that their pay increase hasn't kept up with inflation. I, I agree. I agree totally. Play the teachers. I mean, we found out during the uh, pandemic how important it is and how difficult it is to raise only one or two or three children. And they're dealing with 20 to 25 children on a day-to-day basis. And if that's anything for a parent to say, hey, man, the teachers need to get paid, I agree totally. Uh, But on the other hand, it's like, you know, I feel like they should have maybe asked for it a little bit earlier. What what are your thoughts about the strike? The strike, uh, I can say that it is affected, you know, um, child care. um, As school has not started, these kids are at home and... I mean, they should get paid for what they do. They do have the kids more than they have their parents. So um, I'm with them on that, but it's just, you know, they need to come to a conclusion real soon. So it sounds like even though you're you're being inconvenienced as a parent, you're basically on the side of the teachers. Definitely, well. definitely. I understand how difficult it, it can be being a teacher. Like I said, our, we did that during the pandemic where we had to be teachers. So, so basically, you've been impacted by the strike, but at the same time, you think that the teachers should get what they're asking for? Yes. I'm not saying that the teachers are, are, are greedy or nothing like that. It's just, uh, it's just a sticky situation, and you know, the kids, black, brown, white, whatever, they're getting the short end of the stick because they're not, they're not learning right now. So. They're figuring it out on their own, you know? And speaking of figuring it out, what, what are you doing now? What, what plan did you come in place for your son? Oh, uh, kind of. It, it just, it was summer still. We're still in summers, you know? Like, he's, he's, uh, he does a little bit of studying, but mostly is, uh, coming outside and playing. So he's getting all of his gym time and, you know, playing video games. Like, what else can you do? You know? I don't have a curriculum. They didn't give me one. How long do you think this strike's gonna last? Possibly two weeks, like Kent. But I would wish they would wrap it up sooner than that so these kids could get to school. Pay the teachers, but also teachers get these kids back in there. They need you. They're ready. We're ready. I know you guys are ready. Get your money, but also let's let's reach an agreement to get these kids in, in school. Yeah, it's great to hear from some parents of Seattle Public School scholars. You know, I know for me, I understand where they're coming from. And it is one of those issues where you want to support the teachers. And yet I really hear, uh, you know, this this idea of, hey, maybe they could have done it sooner. I don't know if, you know, them coming during doing this during summertime was an option. But, you know, I, I think that they strategically place it like this. But unfortunately, a lot of parents are experiencing that kind of, uh, you know, burden 
burden a little bit, not burden of their children, but just like, yeah, now we need to figure something else out. And so shout out to all the parents um, that are involved in the Seattle Public Schools. I have scholars there because we know that this is also affecting you all. And shout out to those scholars. I know that the teachers do want to get you guys back in the classroom soon. So we'll keep you guys up to date. We have a couple more stories we want to share on that this week. Well, coming up after this short break, you guys, we got Alex McAleer in the building from Champions of Magic. That show is going to be at the Moore Theater later this week. I get to dive into Alex about all the magic the audience can expect to see at this show. Stay tuned after this short break. It's going to be magical. You don't want to miss it. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, guys. Basic Gordon here. On September 18th, we're all going to Cheney Stadium for the Summer Sky Music Festival featuring performances by Moneybag Yo, Glorilla, Tory Lanez, Polo G, and more. Grab your tickets right now at Ticketmaster.com and use code CONVERGE for a discount. Baseball is a beautiful game, especially when played in community. Earlier this summer, Baseball Beyond Borders took a powerful, eye-opening journey through the heart of the South, which included baseball, civil rights, and reconciliation. Our Young Kings hosted a baseball clinic at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and hit the road to Montgomery, Alabama, by way of the historic Edmund Pettus Bridge, to visit the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and Memorial, all in an effort to ground our Kings in their history and find serenity in the sport they love to preserve the cultural legacy. Join Baseball Beyond Borders on September 27th for the premiere of our film, Reconciliation Tour, at T-Mobile Park's Alice Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line as well as special guests as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. And joining me from the UK is Mr. Alex McAleer. What's up, Alex? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> hey, well, you know, I mean, okay. So when I first heard about this show coming here, I got to tell you, I am such a fan of the illusionist uh, world, like all things magic. Tell us a bit about your background. What got you into magic and illusion? illusionizing i don't even know how to say it being an illusionist <laughs> yeah. tell us about I your am background. Not sure what the word is either uh, <laughs> how i got into it well um i guess I, I i grew up as an only child i don't have any brothers or sisters so i just kind of had to amuse myself so i was just into everything you know and at one point i did have a magic kit like pr there's probably a photo of me somewhere in my dad's house of like me with a top hat on and a cape or something luckily it's never surfaced but it wasn't until I was a teenager that I really got into the style of magic that I do now, which is uh, mentalism, mind reading and that sort of stuff, messing with people's heads, you know, guessing names that they're thinking of. And I got into that as a teenager because I started thinking about psychology and wanting to understand myself and also memory tricks and techniques because, you know, I wanted to sort of cheat at my exams and just memorize the answers to everything so they were just in my head, which I guess isn't cheating, but it feels like it should be cheating. But uh, yeah, I just got into it that way. And then I, I was always kind of a show off as a kid as to make, like making people laugh. So I just started doing the, the tricks that I'd learned in front of people. And it just progressed to the point where I am now, where I'm in Champions of Magic. I'm touring all over North America, the UK, around the world, you know, freaking people out. 
<laughs> Freaky people out and did because you know what your form of uh, magic, honestly, I think is one of the things that people go, man, that's kind of the spookiest to me because you're yeah. getting into people's heads and it's not like, oh, you know, hypnotism. It's something totally different. I mean, how do you study the techniques that you utilize on stage, Alex? Uh, studying them, it's like uh, I read a lot of obscure books. Like it's a whole branch of magic, which is like I guess you could say like escape artists are kind of their own style of magic, and you know, big illusions are a style, and also like dove magic is a style, and one another style is just tricks that use the mind or seem to use the mind. And studying it is is difficult because you can read all the theory, and you can you know think about how it would work, but you actually have to go out there and do it. So I like I started performing for family and friends, and you know, often things would go a little bit wrong at the beginning, but slowly you just start to you start to work up the knack for it. And I remember the first thing I learned was this thing called it's known as like muscle reading. You can hold someone's hand and you can feel out what they're what they're thinking of moving in a certain direction. And I got someone to hide an object in the house, and I found it in like two minutes by holding their hand. And they thought about where it was, and I I, I could kind of like playing hot and cold, but they didn't say anything out loud. And I remember doing that, and I was like, oh. I think I can do this. <laughs> like it freaked me out. Like I'm used to it now, but when I was young, I was like, oh, that's, that's freaky. So yeah, even I at one point thought, this is weird. But you're right, this style of magic is the style that people are like, oh, this is, this feels strange. But luckily I'm very British and charming and silly. So it's not too scary. <laughs> Well, you you already, I can tell from your de whole demeanor here that you bring that charm and that sense of kind of humor to it. So you've really found your niche, you found your knack. Uh, but this show, uh, you know, tell us a bit about how it is to be with all of these amazing other, you know, artists really in magic that are doing their own forms. I know we, we have a, a wide variety of things that the audience can expect, right? Yeah, so that's the great thing about this show, especially as an audience member, is you get to see every style of magic. Like we have illusions in the show, we have close-up magic in the show, we have escapes in the show, we have mind reading in the show, and we also have bits when all all five of us come together and perform something together, which is really special. I don't think any other show does that, uh, but it's really fun for me to share the stage and to share you know the backstage time and the offstage time with these guys because they come from all over the world. I mean. We've got some of like the best illusionists. Like it's great to if we're ever working on something like just for ourselves or for the show. There's this pool of knowledge that I can't imagine there is anywhere else in the world. That like, we all have little bits of information and tricks and tips and techniques that we can share. Um, and also because we're all magicians, we're all in the same show. When we just don't want to talk about magic anymore, that's even better. We know we don't want to talk about magic or all the latest trick or the new thing you're working on. We can just talk about something else. <laughs> so we all have this shared experience. But it's great. I've been on the show since it, pretty much since it began. It began in 2013, 2014, from here in the UK. And Young and Strange, who are the illusionists in the show, they've been with the show that long. Uh, Fernando Velasco has been with it for several years. He is originally from Mexico, and he's our escape artist. He does the dangerous stuff. He's the cool, good-looking one. And uh, Holly England has recently joined the show, and she's sort of recent to being a performer of magic. But for many years beforehand, she was like an assistant and a director of magic. So, yeah, it's it's a great experience to be part of. And I think it comes across on stage as an audience member. You see that we have fun doing it as well. 
Yeah, that's that's so important too, right? I mean, there there are some that come with a real serious nature, but I think that's what you know really translates to the audience is the fun of it all, right? And so that's what I'm excited about because there's so much that I'm looking forward to. I see these kind of things on TV and to see it real, like I've been to a couple of other magic shows and I'm always walking away. I'm so blown away by all of the things and the techniques that people are utilizing to really like wow the crowd uh you know one of the things i want to ask you because honestly I, i'm only sure of this that every show you do even if you have a specific way you're going to do something the audience brings about a different you know dynamic to every show so they've got to be different tell us a bit about that now that you know th this tour you've been on it for a long time you know like you said since the show began how have you experienced kind of the evolution of that and how the audience makes the show different that's like because it happens like the audience kind of definitely dictate especially with what i do because I walk on stage knowing that I'm going to do this with one person, this with another person, and then this with the, like the whole group in the in the audience. But um, with what I do, it's like I only have a vague idea of what's going to happen because I'm reading people's thoughts. It's what they're thinking and doing and how they react and respond that dictate what I uh, then do. That's hence why I, I try and keep it kind of lighthearted and fun because I'm kind of improvising. I'm kind of trying to be like a stand-up comedian where I'm just keeping the plate spinning and keeping everyone happy and entertained. But yeah, there are things throughout the show's whole time that have changed because of the audience so like if the audience really respond to for example we put something in the show uh, where it's all of us on stage and we talk about the first trick we ever learned the one of the first tricks we ever learned and it got such a great response and like talking to people after the show when we do a meet and greet or whatever that was their favorite bit it really stood out to them so we just developed it more and came up with a whole routine now where we all do something with someone something we borrowed from someone in the audience and i don't think that would have happened unless the audience had sort of told us yeah, we like this. We want to see more of all of you together doing something incredible. Uh, but yeah, it it can, and some, sometimes things go wrong as well. You know, it's a show with a lot of moving parts. You know, magic can go wrong. The production side can go wrong. Something can happen in the audience. Uh, so it does always keep you on your toes. As a performer in a, in a show like this, you're never, you're never really relaxed because anything could happen. Right, right, right. It's it's all up for grabs. I mean, I think that that's also a part of why audiences are, you know, walk away with such a, a wow factor about it, because you're right. There's a lot of nuances that can kind of happen during the show to make something like bigger or to be like, oh, man, that kind of flopped. But but when we think about audiences, we also understand the space that you guys are in and performing in is really integral to, you know, the experience that you're giving to the audience audience. Tell us a bit about going from one venue to another and how you guys may have to adjust some things. Uh, you know, okay, do they have the backstage we need? Do they have the space we need to make this happen? Tell us a bit about how the venue also plays a part in this. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true because we play all sorts of different venues. Like we're kind of a, it's a touring theater show, but sometimes we've been in like arenas. Like we've traveled up to Canada and done shows in what's normally an ice rink. So everything has to be built. So before we arrive, you know, before cast arrive, like everything is being built at the stage, the lights, the rigging to put it on, the curtains, everything. And yeah, we are in some venues. If it's a very small venue, there's a couple of venues we've been to which have the right kind of are the right size for the audience, but the backstage and the stage, because it's an old theatre and it wasn't built to have, you know, ten different illusions hanging around backstage. We are literally just off stage before we come on, leaping over boxes and things and being careful not to touch anything in case. You know, if something goes off or something breaks. <laughs> so yeah, different venues means 
it really dictates like how the show is going to go. Sometimes we have to change things. We've got things in place that uh, we can swap in and swap out. For example, like uh, Fernando has uh, the huge water tank, like Harry Houdini is upside down in a huge water tank. We've played one venue several years ago now. The stage just simply wasn't able to take the weight of that amount of water, that many gallons of water. Uh, so he just had to sort of improvise a different type of escape that he could do that would be just as thrilling. But yeah, it, it can be fun. Often what happens is, because I'm the mind reader, you can shove me out onto stage <laughs> and I can pick a few people out of the audience and say, let's play a game where I guess your pin number or something like that. So normally I sort of have to cover. But yeah, venues can 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 be tricky. But, you know, I think audiences, they kind of like seeing that. And also they kind of like seeing, like, oh, I see this is, this is uh, difficult for you guys to do. But like, they, like an American audience, they absolutely appreciate the effort and, and, and skill and you know, production that we put into the show. Oh, great, great. Well, yeah, I mean, even looking at the photos and some of the B-roll I was able to see, I'm like, okay, this is, I mean, this is full-fledged. You're talking about big old flames. We just kind of showed some of those photos there. There's a lot going on. But you also mentioned here how the show has evolved uh, since it started and since you've been a part of it from the beginning, bringing on new acts and kind of, uh, you know, people kind of developing themselves and then coming on. Tell us a bit about that as some of the cast has kind of changed over the years um you know you kind of being a veteran of the show just tell us a bit about how you know that makes the show kind of what it is right because everybody's bringing these different skill sets yeah i think uh, i think what's great about the show uh unlike sort of other ensemble shows of, of other magic or comedians or anything is when someone new comes in we're bringing in like a new personality basically and, and a different set of skills it's not like we're just bringing someone in to just do the act the last person was doing like when Fernando first joined the show, so we had a had a cast of five of us, and then uh, we used to have a guy that would do more sleight of hand stuff. So he would do doves and productions and make coins jump from his hand and stuff. And then he uh, left the show. And we brought Fernando in, and initially Fernando was brought in because he had an act that he produces doves. But very quickly that went to the side when we found out he was also an escape artist. And as soon as we added an escape, uh, he's like hanging upside down. There's fire. There's straight jackets. Insane. Uh, me and Young and Strange were backstage and we're like, wow, I didn't know the show was missing this. I don't think it was missing this, but now we've added it. This show has just gone up a level. It's just suddenly this exciting, thrilling, dangerous thing is happening in the show now. And when um, Holly came on board, she has been working with uh, magicians for years. She's a trained dancer. She used to be a dancer. She still is a dancer and uh, used to work as a backstage and also on stage assistant and also direct other people uh, for in magic shows and then i think in the pandemic actually she decided to now's the time that i should be a magician and she just came with these fully formed ideas and concepts and tricks and it's because she spent so long working in magic but not being a magician on stage that she just had all the hard work had been done and she just came straight out and was like here's a fully formed act and it was it was a really exciting moment to see it to be stood at the side of the wings watching this this brand new act come out so so fully formed it was great Oh, my goodness. Well, you have given us a lot of meat for folks to dive into. I know that the tickets are already on sale. They've been on sale for a while. You guys will be here on the 23rd and the 24th. So you got a, a couple of shows at the Moore Theater. Uh, I just want to make sure that if, if folks are trying to connect with you, uh, now everybody has this kind of social media presence. Uh, I want to make sure folks get their tickets, but tell them how they can connect with you and the Champions of Magic. 
so yeah champions of magic you can find if you google uh, or search on facebook or instagram or twitter whatever your preferred social media platform uh, champions of magic on is on there to search for champions of magic sometimes it's champions of magic uk uh, but for me i'm on instagram uh, at alex the mind reader and everywhere else everywhere else i'm alex mackerley so that's how you can find us and all of the cast are on there i think the champions of magic instagram links to all of us but yeah it'd be great to see you back to tell us if you're coming to the show or even after the show uh, if, uh how much you enjoyed it Oh, amazing. Well, I'll try to have to figure out how I can meet you all when I get down there to the Champions of Magic. Alex McAleer, thank you so much for joining me here on The Day with Trey. It was great to talk with you. Can't wait to see you in action on that stage. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness, you guys. I'm t I told you, Magical Monday. Uh, I want to send a huge shout out to Alex McAleer for being here with us. And of course, I get to wrap everything up and make sure y'all know exactly how to get your tickets to that show right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, y'all. My name is Nicole Harvey, and I proudly serve as the Director of Community and Family Engagement at Seattle Jazz Ed. And I'm here to let y'all know that we're getting to launch our fall programming the first week of October. So if you're a student or you know a student between the grades 4 through 12 that is interested in playing music, whether they're a beginner or they've been playing for a long time, we have saved a seat for you. For more information, please visit our website at www.seattlejazzed.org. All of our programs and classes are offered on a sliding scale tuition policy, which means that families get to choose what they pay, no questions asked. We also have free loaner instruments available for every student to use. If you have questions, you're welcome to contact us via email or by phone at programs at seattlejazzed.org or 206-324-5299. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great, magical Monday. Of course, we're missing Def Chef this Monday on Menu Monday, but I can't wait to connect back with him next week. Uh, I just want to send a huge shout-out to Alex McAleer. You know, I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, I'm one of those folks that, you know, somebody can be like, oh, you know, this is how they do that trick. But I still, I feel like a kid when I'm watching things like magic and mentalism and illusionist. Like, I love all of that honestly so i'm so excited make sure you guys check out champions of magic so you can get your tickets coming up this week on the 23rd and 24th uh shout out to stg again for bringing champions of magic here it's going to be an exciting show and as he shared there there's a ton of things for the audience to dive into so make sure you come to this family-friendly show bring the kids have a great time um also you guys uh like i said today opening up is william gross center for their business pipeline so if you are in the business world if you have a business or if you're looking to mentor young folks or other business owners or you're a person starting a business is a great opportunity for you to start plugging in to the programming that they're doing right there at William Gross Center tonight and I'm excited because tomorrow we get to dive into more about what is all going on and happening on the 17th for Walk the Block. Uh, we got Wano Wari is going to be in the building with Elisha Johnson and also Jasmine Scott is joining us once again. Uh, she'll be talking about Art Noir. They're also partners here with Walk the Block. So I'm excited that both of them will be on the show tomorrow. Of course, for me, y'all, I want you to be inspired by what Alex was sharing today. He said, look, as a young person, he knew that he, he loved 
love this kind of stuff. And once he did it and it worked, it just snowballed from there. And he just kept on doing it and now is touring the world. I mean, all of us have something that we can bring to the world. I want y'all to, of course, be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution. Alex is bringing illusionists and mentalism to the worldwide audiences. And it's a way for us to be able to maybe get away from some of the monotony of our day, but it's still seeing himself as a part of the solution by bringing some amazing entertainment into the families of those that go and see these shows. So be inspired, y'all. Y'all too can figure out the ways that you can be a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow, y'all, at 11 a.m., peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.